to St. Martin the Fields, those of you uh, in the building and those of you joining us online, and welcome to Great Sacred Music. Today it is Christmas, as I think you may be slightly aware, uh, and we're looking at how Christmas is celebrated around the world. We've started in Germany, no prizes for guessing that, and we're going to move now to America. My experience of seven years in America was very similar to many other Anglicans who moved to America to find they sing all the right hymns to the wrong tunes. And that's no, uh, never more exemplified than in what we're about to sing together uh, in a few moments' time. It's our tradition of great sacred music to sing together at the beginning, and we're going to be singing uh, together in a few moments' time. We're going to be singing O Little Town of Bethlehem, written by Phillips Brooks, who uh, was a late 19th century Episcopal priest. Uh, then rector of Holy Trinity Philadelphia and later rector of the famous church Trinity Boston. He was inspired by visiting the village of Bethlehem in 1865. Three years later he wrote the poem for his church and his organist Lewis Redner added the wrong tune. The right tune was written uh, by Vaughan Williams adapted from an English folk ballad called The Ploughboy's Dream, which he had collected from a Mr. Garman of Forest Green in Surrey in 1903. And so Forest Green became uh, the name of the right tune, as it's called in this country. Uh, that tune was first published. Uh, Vaughan Williams was one of the major contributors to uh, the English hymnal, which transformed the hymnody landscape of this country when it was first published in 1906. Uh, and so that's how it became the right tune, and we are going to sing the right tune uh, today. So a little bit of England and a little bit of America and a, just a tiny bit of Bethlehem. We remain seated, the voices stand uh, and lead us as we sing O Little Town of Bethlehem.
We're now going to hear two arrangements by John Rutter. The first, a 17th century traditional French carol, whence is that goodly fragrance flowing, first used in England by John Gay in The Beggar's Opera. Frank Houghton wrote the hymn, Thou Who Wast Rich Beyond All Splendor, to the same melody, uh, so it may sound familiar. Uh, then the second piece uh, we're going to <coughs> hear is another American piece, but from a much more of a folk tradition. Um, I wonder, as I wonder, <coughs> it wasn't originally a Christmas carol, but is now usually performed at Christmas and sung at Christmas. It was written down by American folklorist and singer John Jacob Niles in 1933. He was in the town of Murphy, in Appalachian, North Carolina, part of the world I know very well. And he was attending a fundraising meeting being held by evangelicals who'd been ordered out of town by the police. Uh, he wrote these words of hearing the song. A girl named Annie Morgan had stepped out to the edge of the little platform attached to the automobile. She began to sing. Her clothes were under unbelievably dirty and ragged and she too was unwashed. Her ash blonde hair hung down in long skins. But best of all, she was beautiful, and in her untutored way, she could sing. She smiled as she sang, smiled rather sadly, and sang only a single line of the song. Niles turned that into uh, a whole song, and we're going to hear it now after we've heard the French carol, Quel est cette odeur agréable.
Well, we're going to Poland next for Infant Holy, Infant Lowly. The song was translated into English from the Polish in 1920 by Edith Reed, a British musician and playwright. It could have happened to anyone. Reed was leafing through the, um, <clears throat> a 1908 Polish hymnal, which I'm sure is the sort of thing that you often do of an afternoon. Uh, and she found this song, and it's speculated that the song may date back as far as the 13th century. But the Polish text has also been attributed to a gentleman named Piotr Skarga, who lived in the late 16th century. <clears throat> the song's rhythm resembles that of the mazurka, a Polish folk dance popularized by Frederick Chopin. The short rhymed phrases lead to a crescendo in each stanza's final lines. In the first stanza, Christ the babe is Lord of all. In the second, Christ the babe was born for you. Now it's um, <clears throat> excuse me. It, now it's time for us uh, to sing together with the voices again, and we're going to sing Silent Night. And you might say we've gone from Poland to Germany, but you would be wrong, because uh, Silent Night was not written and arranged in Germany. It was written and arranged in Austria, and as you will probably know, if you tell the Austrians 
that they get them, you get them mixed up with the Germans, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. <clears throat> it was first performed on Christmas Eve 1818 uh, at St. Nicholas Parish Church in Obendorf, a village on the Salzach River in present-day Austria. Uh, of course, then it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire. A young Catholic priest, Father Joseph Moore, had come to Obendorf the year before. In the aftermath of the Napoleonic Wars, he'd written the poem in 1816 at Mariupfar, the hometown of his father in the Salzburg-Lungau region, where Joseph had worked as an assistant priest. Uh, and there's a rather wonderful story about how it, this, this poem came to be turned into uh, the Silent Night, the hymn that we know today. What happened was that young uh, Father Moore discovered that the organ pipes had been damaged in a flood and so he came up with the idea of taking his poem that he'd only written a couple of years before to Franz Zave Gruber, a schoolmaster and organist in a nearby village and said compose me a tune and arrange it for the guitar and we'll sing it tonight at midnight mass, which was uh, exactly what happened. So even though Silent Night is uh, obviously deep laid in the tradition, and of course famously 100 years later was sung between the trenches on Christmas Eve uh, 1914, uh, it began as an emergency stopgap. So we remain seated and the voices will stand and lead us as we sing Silent Night.
Well, we're coming towards the end of our great sacred of music, or you might call it Eurovision Song Contest for, uh, for today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. If you have, if you're in the building, you can uh, make a donation with cash or with a card on a card reader as you, as you leave. Uh, if you're joining us online, you can donate by text or by going on our website. Uh, do pay attention to our website closely in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it may not have escaped your attention that we're not quite sure what the future holds in the public health realm. Uh, what we can tell you is that Great Sacred Music will be online for the next couple of Thursdays. We're not quite sure after that at the moment. But our regular services will all be going ahead this weekend and on Christmas Eve and our concerts are still going ahead uh, unless we're told otherwise. So do join in our musical and our uh, worshipful life here at St. Martin's and the cafe still open downstairs and so on. But there is that kind of sense that this isn't going very well. So, I mean, the public health situation. So, uh, so, so do, uh, do pay attention to our website for just to check, just check in the future. Um, we're going to finish in the Czech Republic. Uh, the Czech Republic, like many Central European countries, the main Christmas celebrations are on Christmas Eve. The traditional Christmas dinner is eaten during the evening and consists of fish soup made of carp and fried carp with potato salad. Doesn't that sound yummy? Uh, not to me. Little Jesus brings presents during the Christmas Eve dinner and leaves them under the Christmas tree. Malcolm Sargent arranged a check carol that starts with girls and boys and then extends across time and space to encompass the breadth of the Christmas story concentrated in the moment everyone and everything in earth and heaven worships the newborn king. It's called the Zither Carol. Thanks for joining us.